trust your feelings is the one that I think is a very bad piece of advice. I'm a hugely, I'm a hugely emotional person. I am a roller coaster of emotion. I can't trust the way that I feel all the time. And I feel like so many people are putting that out there that you should rely solely on your emotions. And that could get you in so much trouble. We are so excited to have you, everyone listening and watching. We are here with Catherine Judici Lowe. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Catherine is probably best known for being on. A, <laughs> you're probably like so done with this for being on the 17th Whoa, season of The Bachelor. Yeah, I mean, this is how we all came to know and love you. But other than that, you are a mother. You're a graphic designer. You have like three companies. Loco, which is your stationary brand, and then Low Concierge, which is like a gifting service, and then Home by Sean and Catherine Lowe. Did I get all of them? Nailed it. Okay, perfect. I mean, you do a lot. And on top of that, she has three children. So <laughs> as if she needed to be a little bit busier. Uh, for those who have not kept up with you since The Bachelor, which would be a travesty, but tell us a little bit in your own words about what you've been up to. Well, yeah, a lot has happened. I, we're coming up on our 10-year wedding anniversary in January. Oh my gosh. So it's hard to, I mean, I, how am I old enough to even be married and have children? I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel responsible enough. But since then, I've, I've moved to Dallas, which is where my husband's from, and just developed a really solid uh, community here. I feel really good. I have three kids, so most of it's just normal momming. And I just get to have a lot of outlets in terms of creative uh, endeavors that I get to explore with myself uh, individually with my skills that I've used from my resume before I met Sean Lowe and then now with, with my husband. So it's, it's a really fun, normal, sweet life. And I'm just, I'm really a grateful person for the trajectory that it's, it's been going since everyone met me. I love that. Normal is a huge blessing. Sweet. And a normal, sweet life, I think, is more than any of us could ask for. So yes. I think that sounds wonderful. I don't want to harp on The Bachelor too much because I do feel like that was 10 years ago and the show is about kind of getting to know people as they are now and what they've yeah. learned throughout their lives. But I guess my one question, because this is a show of takeaways and life lessons, is what was your biggest life lesson or takeaway now looking back at your time on The Bachelor? I think mine personally would be just being genuine because it doesn't take a lot of energy. And I think that the people that put on and not not to not be like your best self, but on the show, maybe they were pretending uh, or trying really hard. And I think that makes it really hard for the outside. Like kind of to put it as an example, I didn't really wear makeup. I didn't really know how to do my hair. And it made it easier to present as who I was so that when I got on the outside and I'm going to the grocery store and like I'd normally not get dressed up to go to the grocery store, people saw that and it clicked with being me. Instead of having been done up on the show because we're on national television and then afterwards trying to keep up with that when it's not natural. So I think that to me was the best and most freeing because it's getting off the show was really just a very easy transition without all those other things. But 
I think as a person, it was nice to be myself. And when people approach us now and say something complimentary about how how we were on the show, it genuinely feels nice because I'm not an actor. I'm not somebody that was portraying anybody else but myself. So if people come up to me and say, uh, thank you for for being X, Y, and Z, you know that that's actually who you are and they're complimenting who you are. So I, it, it's just a freeing experience. It's It's nice to see the growth since then, but also know that it's a normal um, transition into these different positions that I've had since. I think that was something that was so refreshing about you, which is what has drawn so many people to you as a person and especially on the show was that you were just so unapologetically yourself. And not to say that girls who wear makeup or do their hair, yeah, like that yeah. means you're superficial or anything, but right. that's kind of something I feel like as social media has gotten bigger and as the show has become very centered, I think even more so on aesthetic. I don't feel like you get people like that anymore. Like, do you agree with that? I think there have been, it has definitely gone in that direction, but it's also because of Instagram. You know, what? when we were on the show, there was no Instagram. We didn't know that we were doing this. Like it, if someone were to have bad intentions about it and want to be famous, it would be wanting to be an actress or wanting to be, in the spotlight in a, a, like a big way. Here, yeah. it's kind of inevitable that you're going to have some presence. So I think the pressure is is higher. And also just the, the culture, our culture has gotten, has changed. Um, a yeah. lot of people are learning how to do makeup like very professionally at very young ages. So I think it's kind of just the way that it's reflecting our society and how it's changed in the last 10, 12 years. Do you wish that people would be a little bit more maybe like authentic on the show than they yeah. are now? I, I think it would help for sure create and not that before uh, it, it's shown any <laughs> increase in a long term relationship. But I think it, it would be nice. It would be nice to see. And I think people are, are doing that, but in a, in a little bit different of a way. I don't know if the walls are fully down. Yeah. Well, which I hope they are. But. Yeah. I mean, like we were talking about before this, I I can understand it because I think if you do something, mm -hmm. it has the potential of going viral, we, reaching millions of people beyond the show. I think people just have to think a hundred times over about yeah. anything they do, about anything they wear or say. So it's a lot more difficult to be authentic. Yeah. And can you really blame them? Yeah. Things are scrutinized uh, much, much more than they were when yeah. I was on there. So I think just circumstances are very different. And I do feel genuinely bad because one mistake that you make on the show could be bad for your entire career. When I started, I really wanted to be in the advertising space. And I remember reaching out to someone that I um, was, I, I looked up to in that, in that field. And I asked him, should I do the show? And even then he was like, it could be bad for your career. Uh, because of all these, you know, everything is that's associated with The Bachelor is not the most professional. So yeah. I think that a lot of these people are, uh, there's a lot more risk with all the yeah. extra factors of eye and eyeballs watching you. Absolutely. There's a ton at stake. And I understand. I think you came in at such a great time. Social media wasn't a big thing. And you honestly had like the privilege of being able to be yourself and not having to overthink it too much. Exactly. I 
I'm so excited to hear your answers to the questions that we have on the show. So I'm just going to dive right into the first one. But what is the best advice you've ever gotten? So the one that comes to mind that was very, very clear and vivid was about four days before we got married. We went on a press tour around um, L.A. and Kelty Knight was interviewing me. I can't remember exactly what media she was with, but she off camera had told me I got married and someone told me to not let go of my husband's hand. The the day that you get married, don't let go of your husband's hand because people are going to pull you in different directions and you're not going to have the same experience with the person that you're supposed to have the experience with on that day. And I remember taking that advice to heart, doing that exact thing and all these pictures of me talking to other people, but still connected to my husband's hand. That to me is really a reflection of our marriage and how we present uh, every single situation within our marriage is we're connected. We can do our own thing, but we're always going to be connected. And and that to me is a great visual and just great advice for someone that's in a relationship is you should be connected to that person always. You can do your own thing, but make sure that you are united with that person because that's your partner. I love that. Do you feel like there is a specific time or maybe several specific times in your life where you've referenced that advice and felt like you maybe needed to draw a little closer to Sean instead of apart? Yeah, maybe parenthood. You know, we both grew up very differently and remembering that this isn't just, okay, these are my kids and these are your kids. It's okay, we're going to do this together and figure out what's best for our family, this family that we've created. So maybe tons of parenting decisions we have to be on the same page on. Maybe we don't agree fully. We have to hear each other. We have to understand where each other's coming from. And I think that creates a a healthy place for communication within our, our, our relationship and our children seeing that, not a debate, but just a conversation of, okay, this is how I was raised and this is how I was raised. And let's, let's kind of unite and bring that, um, and kind of create our own thing. So, I, I think that worked for, for us really well, not really doing it on purpose, but because we have created a habit of always checking in with each other, always talking about what's going on, um, that hasn't created a huge distance. You know, when you're always like this, there hasn't been a part where we're like, oh, shoot, we have to come back together for the most part. You know, obviously things have been crazy with every child that we've had and every endeavor that we've taken on. But for the most part, every decision that we make, um, it's united. Yeah. I really love that advice. And I'm married. And I think that's great advice that any person in any kind of relationship could take. I know already, though, just based on like what I've posted and stuff, when you say things about like leaning on other people, especially like a partner or a spouse, I always get immediate backlash of like, oh, that's toxic and you have to be able to stand on your own no matter what. You should never lean on another person. Have you had experience with that too, that there's kind of this trend of it not being necessarily cool to like lean into your partner, rely on them? I I feel like everyone kind of has their own take on partnerships. Um, But I think that the people that you see that have had really long relationships are, are vulnerable to that. They They feel comfortable because that's what you're in for. When you marry somebody, I should, my husband should rely on me. Um, That doesn't mean that it takes away anything from him or, you know, how strong he is as a person. I think people 
need to be with other people, whether it's your partner or a friend or your mom. There are always opportunities for you to connect with people. And I think people want that too. I want to be dependent on. I think that's an honor. I think it's a something that if someone feels like they can depend on me, that's a beautiful feeling. That's a trust and a, um, a strength to be able to do that. So I I think it's I can't personally say anything for for their relationship. It just works for mine, knowing that I can rely on my husband and that he should be the closest person to me, and I should trust him with everything. Um, and the same thing goes for him. I I don't I don't know if it's like a toxic thing. I think it's maybe not an insecurity, but it could be something else going on where they don't feel like they should be able to. And yeah. I, I feel like it's so amazing to have that feeling to be with somebody and know that you can lean on them and they're going to hold you. That's, that's why yeah. I get married. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, I do think it's so interesting because there's one side of society today where we're like, be vulnerable. Like you have to be vulnerable yeah. you have to be open and transparent. Then there's this other side, like, well, don't let people in too close because you have to maintain your independence always. And you have to only rely on yourself and you can never rely on other people. And Sometimes it makes me kind of sad because I'm like, I think we all need each other. Yeah. And I think maybe that comes from a place of hurt. You know, people clearly in that situation, they haven't felt a sense of security from their parent relationship, a teacher relationship, whatever that situation. It has to come from somewhere because you should be able to be dependent on from your partner. You know, I think I think a lot of people in relationships, they get tripped up and they expect a lot from somebody else, but they're not willing to do that work, too. Um, so it's it's this it's it's a symbiotic relationship. You should be able to do exactly. Would you date yourself? Would you marry yourself? I think we should start there. And if you're not, then maybe you shouldn't put the, those expectations on someone else to love you. And if you're not going to give that back to them. I love that. Would you date yourself? I <laughs> I love it. There we go. We have the title of the episode. <laughs> um, I That was great advice. I also love asking, do you have a worst piece of advice that you've ever gotten? I do. And this is going to be controversial. Oh, um, we love it. Trust your feelings is the one that I think is a very bad piece of advice. I'm a, hugely, I'm a hugely emotional person. I am a roller coaster of emotion. I can't trust the way that I feel all the time. And I feel like so many people are putting that out there that you should rely solely on your emotions. And that could get you in so much trouble. I walk down the street and someone cuts me off. I feel like punching them. I feel (laughs) like ramming my car into them. Is that a trustworthy thing to do? I can't trust that. I have to be able to also, and and not saying that Feelings aren't valid because they absolutely are. They're just a factor of part of the whole picture. And I think some people only rely on feeling good, right? I Oh, I feel good when I'm around this person. I'm married, but I feel good around this person. I should be with that person. And I think that those things can get you in such tricky places. And for me, I can't trust my emotions. I'm a basket case most of the time. I don't sleep well and I'm angry and I am, you know, and I'm yelling. And then the next moment I'm, I'm ooing and awing. I just think that when you go down that path of only trusting your emotions and what feels right, it can get really dangerous for your life. Um, so I, that one to me resonates because I am just an emotional person and I've seen 
um, myself not do the right thing when I'm only doing it based on feelings. No, your explanation of that makes complete sense. So I guess the question is, how do you know when to trust your feelings and when to not trust? Well, I think, again, you you take it as, OK, I feel that way. I wonder why I feel that way. And then you kind of step back and you, OK, I, I guess I feel that, you know, there have been clearly times that I've been jealous in my relationship. I started out with a, a, a guy who was dating all these other women who were models. So, of course, I could get into the habit of, OK, now my husband's talking to a mom over there and she's really pretty. I could say, oh, my gosh, I feel all these things and he's cheating on me and he's doing all these things. But look back at the pattern. My husband's never done anything to suggest that he's doing something that I do need to get upset about or do need to act on those emotions and accuse him of doing something he's not doing. I need to look back and say, OK, the history shows me that it's not going to happen, that nothing is happening. But I should have a conversation with my husband and tell him how I am feeling so that he knows that it is a trigger point for me or it's something that I'm like, oh, what were you guys talking about or whatever it is have more of a rational brain. So sometimes like this happened to me a couple days ago where I'm like, okay, I feel weird about this. I don't like how I'm feeling. I'm not going to talk about it with him right now because I'm, I I think I could get heightened and I tend to escalate things, which is not a good thing. So I stepped, I took a a breather. I went to sleep and I woke up and it didn't consume my heart. It didn't consume my mind as much. But I did have a conversation with him where I was at a lower state to to talk to him and not accuse him of something or feel like I was doing something or he was doing something wrong when he's like, whoa, I don't even know what you're talking about. I was there was a bunch of people around. I'm sorry you feel that way or whatever it is. But I think we just need to take it as a part of the picture. Take a breather reassess, put your brain back into it, figure out the history. Why are you feeling this way? And have a, a grown-up conversation with your partner or your friend that's doing something, um, your child that's doing something. Really try to understand where that's coming from and come at it at a more rational. But also say that because feelings are valid. They are. They just yeah. shouldn't dictate your actions solely. Yeah. No, I love that. It reminds me um, we had a guest on the show, Ara Katz, who was the CEO of Seed Probiotic. She was amazing. And she talked about how we're so quick nowadays to jump on any emotion, any feeling we have. And I think what you're saying is very similar to what she was saying, which is like, can we like, just let yourself sit with it for a little. Like, just feel what you need to feel, but sit with it before you approach another person, before you decide to have a confrontation we don't really take very much time to internalize those feelings. And I think that's what gets us in trouble because when we analyze mm-hmm. them, we come at it from such a different perspective than when we just jump on. Yeah, and I think on the on the same vein, but as another person, I would want someone to respect me in that way. I've shown yeah. you nothing but a good friendship or whatever it is. I've shown you nothing yeah. but that I'm nice. But then when I do something... Take it as my character. Don't just take it as this one thing that I've done. That's why the mistakes are really hard because a, yeah. somebody could somebody could do something um, not great. And we all make mistakes. Someone could do something not great, say something wrong or do something wrong on the show. But their character arc is a great person. So we have to kind of analyze that within the whole picture. Have I made a mistake? Yes. Let's talk about that mistake with that person. But also figure out it's it's not a character issue. It's just one mistake. 
Absolutely. Reminds me also of a quote I love that says, each of us are more than the worst thing we've ever done. And I think we forget that sometimes as a society, as people, we we need to take that step back and think of someone as a whole rather than just the specific thing that they did. Exactly. Um, sharing a quote also reminds me, what is your favorite quote? Do you have a favorite quote? Do you have a mantra? Something you repeat to yourself? I, what I have taken, at least in this part of my life, is be present. I think that being present can get you so far in each component of your life, especially with children. You know, if my kid sees me not being present, I'll miss that. I, and I'll never get it back. I'll never get, mommy, can you play with me? You know, I'm, I'm going to get it for a very short period of time. And so I think um, creating moments where you're really present and remembering as much as you can, because sometimes when you yeah. have kids and you, you're you very sleep derived, you can't really be present. But I think there's so many memories that are so special to me because I sat on the floor instead of taking that call. I sat with my kid because he did this. My husband's asked me a question. I put down my phone and I look at him. I think being present shows respect for other people. And that to me has been a very wonderful thing that I've seen over the last seven years of me taking, like me being pregnant. I didn't want to know the sex of the baby because I didn't want to put all these far decisions on this kid. Oh, his name is going to be um, Elliot and Elliot's going to be a football <laughs> player. And, and it's like, no, this baby is just a baby. And I love making, you know, like feeling feeling the presence of this baby in this moment and not thinking too far ahead because we can get ahead of ourselves and lose that very special, precious moment that we're not going to get back. I love that. That was really beautiful. Do you have a lesson or takeaway that you have learned from one of or maybe the hardest time of your life so far? I think... Going back to because I'm just, I'm a seven, a five, and a three-year-old. And that is a very, um, like, a, I am a mom. I'm inundated with yeah. mom things. So the first thing that comes to my mind is how strong mothers are and what they can do. And being part of a mom club is such a fantastic thing because you have this strength in you and you have this endurance and these instincts that are very like selective to moms. Dads don't have them. Yeah. Um, and it's a really cool thing to be like, I can do really hard things. And and I look at another mom, I know she can do really, really hard things. And it's just, I think to me, it's such an empowering feeling to know what I'm capable of, that I've seen my myself do it, that I can do it again and just get through hard things because I'm wired. I'm wired as a mom to do things that my husband can't do. I'm just built differently and he's built differently than me. And so I, I appreciate and respect the things that he brings to the table. But I think it's such a cool like superhero cape that I can put on myself and say, I'm going to do this again because I've done it many, many times. Um, not that I've done it alone, but I have I can do this because I've done it in the past and I'm excited to take this on. Is it is it hard? Yeah. But I'm also blessed to have that responsibility some people really want that and they can't have, they aren't able to have it right now. And so I feel like in those hard moments, it's, it's helpful to put yourself, somebody would give anything to be in your position as a mom and to change a dirty diaper or to, 
you know, feed them chicken nuggets over and over and over again. And you're like inundated, you know, it's just, it's can be a, a place that's really challenging. But when you put yourself out of that situation, you say someone would give everything to be changing that dirty diaper right now and to have two hours of sleep so they could hold that baby. Uh, I think that to me has been an eye opener as a mother. I love that. Is there a situation where you remember feeling like this power that motherhood gave you enabled you to respond or do something that you just never thought was possible? I feel like I'm somebody that people can rely on as kind of, I've been known before I had kids as auntie. Just, I have an auntie vibe. I'm like the fun aunt that kind of takes care of your kid, but like has fun with the kid. And I think I'm auntie to like most of the kids in our community. And to me, that just reaffirms uh, how how motherhood has shaped me uh, and how I can kind of do that with with other kids and hope that other moms can do that with my kids, too. But I just I feel so good that moms can look at me or dads can look at me and see somebody who is kind of this this anti figure to most people, which yeah, I, and I didn't even like kids before I had them, but I am obsessed with them now, and I will kick it with all the kids of all ages and be that auntie to them. And I, I think that's such a fun position to be in. I think that's wonderful. I think that also shows that motherhood can come in so many different ways, not just with biological children, mm-hmm. but we can all exhibit the qualities that mothers have, whether that be with our own children or other children or other people. I think Mm -hmm. motherhood is so much more than just having kids. It's like these attributes that make people feel comforted and nourished and supported and safe. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I remember my mom's not a very maternal person. She's a very strong woman. And I every day I realize, wow, she was a tough cookie. And I'm so grateful that I, I she was my mommy. And but she's just not maternal. And so when I had kids, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to be maternal. Like, what do I do? And I just remember it changing completely when I had them and being like, OK, this is what I was supposed to do. But, yeah, that that can be that attribute can be towards anybody. That's not your kids. You could go if you have that feeling that you're somebody that naturally does do that. Go work with kids. Go do something with kids if you yeah. want to feel that, because it's people want kids want that feeling in not just at home it's it's such a safe thing um and i i love seeing people who are in those positions like at a gymnastics club or all these different things when you can tell they're a really that they just exude that feeling of wanting to care for other people okay final question now we're flipping it with the advice you would give to other people but i feel like Again, most people that came to know and love you was because you were just so authentically yourself. You've continued to be so authentically yourself. You're like, I I would akin you to the Hillary Duff of The Bachelor. Like, <laughs> you're just lovable. You just are who you are. I feel like a lot of people can be um, changed by fame and circumstance, and you have not been. So what advice would you give to people who are finding it hard to be their authentic selves? Oh, man. I think the feeling of freedom in that and finding the people that... Because you, you surround yourself with people when you, when you 
like bring all of your walls down. I have found the people that bring me the most joy are the people that are the same way. They bring their walls down. They're not too afraid to to make mistakes and be silly and look stupid or, you know, be dorky. I think when you do that, you find more people that are like you. And it's just such a freeing feeling to know that you can call somebody and not have to put on a mask or not to put on put up a wall or, or it, it to me it just been such a it, freeing feeling so if if you're having a hard time with that i would talk to somebody about it um and a partner or um somebody that you trust because it life is so much better when you're exactly who you are and um and you surround yourself with people that that want to be with you because it's there, there's something there must be a fear or something that people aren't going to like you the way you are and i think a lot of other people i think there are people that that want that authentic vulnerable person to talk to yeah and i love what you said about surrounding yourself with people that allow you to be that because i think that fear a lot of times comes from being around people who just maybe don't understand us and some people just don't get along with each other. And I think we find someone who we don't get along with and we're like, oh, the problem must be me when the problem is neither of us. The problem is just that yeah. people not, are so compatible. Yeah. Yes. And like, that's totally fine. And I think that once you find, though, the people that you really gel with, being yourself comes very naturally. So maybe it's time to reevaluate who your circle is and maybe not continually just reevaluate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a that's a sad place to be, too, because. It's it's so nice to just not care yeah. and to not put on airs or put on masks for sure. Yeah. And the right people make you feel like that. And I'm sure you feel like that with your husband. I feel like that with mine. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. never had to try and be something. Else. And I think that's a sign that it's kind of meant to be. Mm-hmm. I love that advice. I love all of your advice, all of your wisdom. You have been a light since you came to us on The Bachelor. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I want people to know where they can follow you, where they can support your businesses, you as a person. Give us handles, websites, whatever. Okay. I'm uh my Instagram is Catherine Judici, uh G-I-U-D-I-C-I. It's a hard one. And uh Home by Sean and Catherine Lowe. I think it's Home by Sean and Catherine, right, honey? Home by Sean and Catherine is the Instagram handle, right? Yes. Home by Sean and Catherine. See, we're always together. Um, Verification. I love it. Home by Sean and Catherine. And um, low concierge is it's just kind of a go loco.com and loconcierge.com. Okay, <laughs> everyone, do your thing, go support her. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Well, and to all of our listeners and those watching, don't forget to subscribe to the shift, keep up with the episodes, and thank you so much for tuning in. 